Thank you for listening to Changed by His Word, a podcast of Pine Level Missionary Baptist Church featuring the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Brad Lee. We invite you to join us each Sunday at 11 a.m. for worship. For more information, visit us online at pinelevelmbc.org. And now for today's message. John chapter 12, beginning in verse 20. The Bible says, Now there were some Greeks among those who were going up to the worship to worship at the feast. These came to Philip, who were from Bethsaida of Galilee, and began to ask him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip came and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life loses it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it to eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. You waste your life if you don't bring it into sync with God's purposes for you. For your life, don't waste your life. This video should cause you to stop and think and really examine your heart and your life. I want to ask you an honest question this morning. Are you wasting your life? Is your life slowly slipping away with no hope, with no joy, with no peace, and with no purpose? You see, there are untold stories of individuals who have simply wasted their lives. And we could go around the room this morning and you could name some of those individuals. There are some of you that may be here today or maybe that are watching online and you feel as though you've spent many years wasting your life. You know, uh, I have to be honest this morning, there's been times when I've felt the same way. I feel as though I've wasted a number of years in my own life. But my plea and cry this morning is, not to spend any more time wasting your life. And if you are not yet living for Jesus, there's no better time to start living for Jesus than right now. Don't wait another day. There are many things that can cause you to waste your life. And for the next few moments, I want to share a simple message with you that I've entitled, A Life Not Wasted. And what I want to do is I want to offer you some practical advice and some ways that will help you to live that life that's not wasted. If you're taking notes, I want you to notice first, you've got to search for Jesus. You've got to search for Jesus. We find this in verses 20 through 23. Now the Bible says that there were some Greeks that had come to a feast, and they had come for a purpose. The Bible says that they came to worship. Now although the text does not specifically say what or who they came to worship, uh, many believe they came to worship Jesus. In other words, they were searching for Jesus. And when it comes to searching for Jesus, did you know that there are a number of different categories that you may fall into? First, there is the diligent seeker. The Bible says that these individuals, these Greeks, these Gentiles, they came to Philip and this is what they said. They said, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Un upon hearing this, uh, Philip went and told Andrew and then Andrew uh, and Philip went and told Jesus of the desire that the Greeks had 
not only in their minds, but in their hearts to see Jesus. Now think about this for a moment. Apparently some of them had heard about Jesus. Maybe they had seen the miracles that Jesus had performed, or they had witnessed some of this stuff firsthand. But regardless, they were seekers. They were searching for something. They were looking for something that they were not yet able to find. They wanted to see and they wanted to experience more of what this man by the name of Jesus had to offer. Secondly, there is the despiteful, disgruntled, devilish seeker. The Pharisees come to mind. Man, they're always stirring trouble. You've probably met folks like that before, haven't you? Always wanting to stir the pot. Always looking for something to criticize. Always looking for something to point out. And they didn't give a flying flip about Jesus or his teaching or anything else. They were simply focused on themselves. Their legalistic ways, uh, their man-made rules, and their own agenda. It's all about me. What can I get out of this? You see, Jesus was robbing their joy and taking them out of the spotlight because the focus shifts from these Pharisees to the Lord Jesus Christ. And instead of making much of Jesus, they wanted to make much of themselves. Sounds like a lot of folks today, amen? Make a lot of self. Now, I'm not saying that's bad in and of itself, but there is a motive behind that. They wanted to end not only Jesus' ministry. The Bible says they wanted to end his life. So they sought out how they may kill Jesus. Thirdly, there's the distance seeker. I mean, some people are searching for Jesus from a distance. And with modern technology and the COVID-19 pandemic over the past year, a lot of people are looking at Jesus from a distance. It's extremely true today, but deep down, people really want to know more about Jesus. And this is not by coincidence. You know why? Because the Bible tells us that God has placed eternity in the hearts of men. So deep down, whether you recognize it or not, you're searching for something. And I want to tell you today, the world will never be able to fill the void you have in your heart. There is the distance seeker people are curious about jesus they're curious about all this jesus talk hey what's jesus going to do what's he going to do today and what's he going to do tomorrow they want to see jesus but they don't really want jesus to interfere with their lives i mean i want a little bit of jesus but i want to kind of keep him on the peripheral here i kind of keep him on the outside even today people are searching for Jesus. I want you to think about this. Of these three categories, which category do you fall in? Are you the diligent seeker? Are you the despiteful, disgruntled, devilish seeker? Or are you that distance seeker? Are you seeking Jesus right now? Or hey, let me ask you a better question. Have you found him? Have you found Jesus? And if you found Jesus, this is my word for you this morning. Keep seeking him. Keep searching for him. Keep following him. Now listen to this very carefully. Did you know that long before you ever thought about Jesus, Jesus had already thought about you? He was looking for you long before you ever began to search for him. 
Matter of fact, Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Now along those lines, listen to this. Yet God tells us you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. So it's not God's desire this morning that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. But you've got a responsibility, and that is you've got to seek the Lord. You've got to search for this man named Jesus. So first, I want you to see that there's the search for Jesus. Notice secondly, though, salvation is only through Jesus. We find this in verses 23 and 24. Now, here we see a beautiful picture of God's salvation. The Bible says that there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved, save the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus himself said, in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. So God's gracious plan of salvation is something that we should cherish. We should never get over the gospel. We should never get over what God has done for us. Hey, listen to this. There's no amount of money that can buy your salvation. There's not enough good deeds that can buy your salvation. You see, salvation is a free gift. I want you to know this the picture of what God has done through the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus said in John 12, 23, that the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. How was Jesus' glorification uh, to take place? Well, it took place, we know, looking back in the canon of Scripture through His death, His burial, and His resurrection. Jesus here uses this agricultural picture as an illustration to point to His atoning death. Though Jesus would physically die, his bodily resurrection would be the means by which salvation would come. Jesus Christ. Notice also the picture of what God does through those who believe. Here we see a visual picture of the seed germination process. The seed must die before it can ever reproduce. And the same is true in the life of a believer. You must first believe and trust Jesus. Die to yourself before you can ever reproduce. So you waste your life by not following Jesus. But your life is not to be wasted. Your life is not to be wasted when you understand the purpose for which you were created. When you trust Jesus and Jesus saves you, your life is changed forever. Amen? You know what God has done in your heart and your life. You know how your life has radically changed since you've trusted Jesus. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. You know how Jesus has radically changed your life. Without the, uh, Jesus, though, the Bible says that you're dead in your trespasses and sins. Yet when you trust Jesus, you're made alive in Christ. And now the Bible says you're directing yourselves to dead indeed to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. So you've got to come to Jesus, turn from your sins, trust him alone for salvation because salvation is only through Jesus. Notice thirdly, your life is not wasted when it is sanctified by Jesus. Now I'm throwing out a big theological word there for you. Sanctified or sanctification. We find this in verse 25. So having been saved by the matchless, marvelous grace of God, 
it doesn't stop there. So often and for so long we within the church think that when somebody walks down an aisle and surrenders their life to Jesus and says, yes, I want to follow Jesus, we say, whew, well, praise God, we've done our work, amen? No, that's where the work begins. Because that person that trusts Jesus, they're new in Christ, they're a babe in Christ. Whether you are able to see it or not, they're drinking the milk. Like my little baby, he's not drinking the milk anymore. He's not been drinking the milk for over a week now. And my wife was all teary-eyed. But we're giving him water instead of the milk. He's eating meat now. And the same is true for believers. You come to Christ, but when you come to Christ, it doesn't stop there. You get involved in the church. You join the local church. You're discipled in the church. You learn more about what it means to become less like yourself and more like Jesus, you're discipled and it's a continual process throughout your life. So having been justified by faith, made right with God, you're in this process known as sanctification. I like to think of it this way. It's a process that begins the moment you say yes to Jesus and you continue that process until you die and go to be with the Lord or until He returns again. You're in the process known as sanctification. And when we move beyond that process, we die and go to be with the Lord, or He comes back, the process is glorification, right? Praise God for that. No more sin, no more sickness, no more pain, no more suffering, no more hospitals, no more doctor's offices, no more coronavirus shots, no more flu shots, none of that stuff. Praise God, amen. That's the process of glorification, but we're not there yet. We're still in the sanctification process. And I like to think of it this way, with the good old children's song. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Hey, it took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. He's still working on this preacher, amen? He's still working on you. So the sanctification begins the moment you trust Jesus. And you've got to recognize the process that you're in Becoming more like Jesus, less like yourself. You're not doing this in and of yourself. Man, we so often want to do that. I just want to go out and live for Jesus and do all this stuff in and of myself. And you've not been called to do that. You've got the Holy Spirit that lives and dwells in you. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in this world. You've got the Spirit of God to help you through this process. So you're to live out your sanctification. Jesus said, he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Hate his life. I mean, not in the sense of, I hate myself, right? Not in that sense, or my life is awful, or woe is me. But no, in the context, according to John MacArthur here, it means preferring Christ over one's family. Listen to this. Possessions, goals, plans, desires, even one's own life. So in other words, there should be nothing that stands between you and your relationship with, the, with Jesus. Your relationship with the Lord. When you become a Christian, you give up the right to serve sin. Matter of fact, read Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 7. You die to sin, you should serve sin no longer. And daily you're committed and commanded to live a life in obedience to Jesus. Jesus said it this way. Take up your cross and follow me. Deny yourself daily. And pursue me with all your heart. It also involves us storing up treasures in heaven. Man, we like to store up treasures on earth, don't we? With Amazon, 
You probably ordered something on Amazon before you came this morning, didn't you? Don't raise your hand. We love Amazon just to click away. You don't even have to go stand in the line at Walmart. You can just order it from Amazon. And sometimes it'll show up on your doorstep the same day. That's service right there, isn't it? But no, you're, you're, you're not to store up treasures on earth. It doesn't say that you're not to have things on earth. No, as I said earlier, God will meet all of your needs, and so often he gives you a lot of your wants, doesn't he? Yeah, amen. He gives us a lot of the things that we want. But the reason we don't store up our treasures on earth is because the Bible says that rust destroys, thieves break in and steal, don't treasure the things that are on earth, and then the Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So the treasures that you possess lots of times indicate a heart issue. You're to store up treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal again for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So I say all of that to say this, as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're here and you've trusted Jesus, and you're looking at your life and you're examining your life and you're saying, am I living a life that is, is really being wasted? Or am I following Jesus, pursuing Jesus? Then what you do is you ask yourself the question, what am I doing for the Lord? How am I serving the Lord? And that goes beyond coming to church on Sunday and Wednesday. Praise God we can be here this morning. Amen. It's a glorious thing to look out here and see a bunch of smiley faces. It was the weirdest thing in the world standing up here with Beth up there and Greg up there behind the camera and me looking out here going, what in the world am I doing? I'm talking to a camera. Then for so long I started talking to the camera back there on the wall looking at the camera and then when folks started coming back in here I was still looking at the camera and I'm like, I can't look at the camera. I got to look at my people. Amen? And see some smiley faces. So we're growing in this process known as sanctification it requires time, effort, it requires diligence, determination, dedication, sweat, tears, and listen to this, suffering. Suffering. Take up your cross and follow me. Deny yourself. Adrian Rogers once said this. He said a church will either evangelize or it will fossilize but it will not stand still. You're a member of the body of Christ. You name the name of Jesus, you've got a responsibility. We've all got a responsibility. As a member of the body of Christ, we're in the Lord's army, amen? Yes, the U.S. Army is wonderful, but I'd rather be in the Lord's army. I'm serving King Jesus, and we've got a mission, the Great Commission, to go and make disciples, to point all people to Jesus, to all the nations, amen? Not just us folks here in... Johnston County that eat red hot dogs I love red hot dogs but to all nations all right here we go fourthly a life not wasted is a life of service for Jesus look at verse 26 Jesus said if anyone serves me if anyone serves me he must follow me and where I am there my servant will be also if anyone serves me the father will honor him so here we have a command as well as a promise. Let me mention the promise first, and then we'll examine the command. So the promise is a promise of God that the Father will honor anyone who serves Jesus. 
Now, that's a promise you can take to the bank. God's promises cannot and will not be broken. Secondly, we see the principle that's contingent. Notice the conjunction here. If, if's a big word. It's what they told me, right? If's a big word. Jesus once said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Here he says, if anyone serves me, then let him follow me. So you've been called to serve Jesus, and serving Jesus involves labor, but it's a remarkable labor of love. It's a remarkable labor of love. I, I can't think of any greater joy than the joy that comes from serving Jesus. And especially if you go out and you serve somebody and they're appreciative of what you've done or you give them a Bible and they say, hey, we've been praying for a Bible. I've been sick and hadn't been able to get out to the store to get a Bible. And you brought a Bible to my doorstep. Thank you for that. Or you're walking down one of the streets over here and somebody comes out and says, hey, excuse me, are you the preacher over there? Well, yes, ma'am, I am. I, I just want to tell you that I'm so thankful that, that, that some folks from your church came by and gave us a Bible. I read the Bible to my son every night. That's joy. Joy. Man, when I heard that, I was like, yeah, praise God, amen, that's good. That's good, we're serving Jesus. We're living out what we claim to believe. So it's a joy to serve Jesus. But if I'm honest with you this morning, I've not always served Jesus the way I should. There's been times I've let him down. But here's something I can tell you this morning. He's never let me down. He's always been faithful to me. And I rejoice in that. So Jesus said, in order to serve me, you must follow me. Let me ask you this morning. Not your neighbor, your husband or your wife. Are you following Jesus? Are you following Jesus? I want to be real with you for just a few moments. I don't want to be a mediocre Christian. Just an ordinary run-of-the-mill Christian. Go to church on Sunday. I pick my Bible up. Yeah, I need my Bible today. Sunday, right? Wednesday, yeah, we'll, we'll go to Bible study. Yeah, I haven't been in a while. I'll go to Bible study. I don't want to be a casual Christian. Just a casual Christian. I want to live each day surrendered to Jesus. Surrendered to Jesus. I don't always do this. And so often... I don't do this because I am standing in the way. You follow me? There are so many days that I need to get me out of the way. Someone will say, well, you've got a congregation, a, a, a group of, you're the shepherd of the flock. Yeah, I'm the under-shepherd. But before I can shepherd the flock, i got to shepherd me, amen? You know what I'm talking about? And so often me wants to get in the way. Woe is me. So I don't always do this. But what I want to do in my heart of hearts is I, I want to love people. And I want to point them to Jesus. So this is one of those sermons that will cause you to examine your heart. That will cause you to do a heart check. And not just because the preacher says so, but listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says to examine yourselves individually, as to whether or not you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Let me ask you this morning. 
Nobody speak out. Nobody raise your hand. Just between you and the Lord. When was the last time that you opened the word of God and you said, I just want to spend some time with Jesus this morning. I I just want to spend some time with Jesus this afternoon. Not on Sunday and Wednesday, but any other day throughout the week. When was the last time that you just grabbed your copy of God's Word? And don't say, we don't have, if you don't have a Bible, you're missing out because we're... I stand up here every week and say, if you don't have a Bible, we got a free Bible to give you. So don't leave here today if you don't have a Bible. But I would be willing to bet this morning that not only do most of us have not just one Bible, we have multiple Bibles, multiple translations, some in translations we can't even speak the language of. But we've got Bibles. But when was the last time that you just sat down in your living room or your bedroom and you just said, I just need to spend some time with Jesus? How about this one? When was the last time that you said, I just need to turn this radio off. I just need to pray. There's not a lot of quiet time at the Lee House. And when there is quiet time, we go, this is weird. But when was the last time that you just said, I got to turn off, I got to put, I got to put Facebook down. Facebook, got to put it down. Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, there's a hundred others. I just got to put it down and I got to talk to Jesus. I just need to talk to Jesus for a few minutes. When was the last time you did that? How about this one? When was the last time that you you read a a scripture verse and you said, I got to memorize that. I mean, I memorized John 3, 16 years ago. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. When was the last time you said, I just need to, that spoke to me. No temptation has overtaken you, but that which is common to man. And God is faithful. I need need to store that right here. I need to memorize that. When was the last time that you said, I just need to memorize this verse? When was the last time that you preached the gospel to yourself? I keep coming back to that over and over. Why? Because it's the most important thing. Why do I need to preach the gospel to myself? I need to be reminded of what Jesus did for me 2,000 years ago on Calvary's cross. I need to be reminded that it's my sin that put Jesus there. I need to be reminded of really who I am in the core of my being. That I've sinned against the holy, righteous God. And the Bible tells me that the wages of sin is death. Not only physical death, but eternal separation from God. I need to remind myself of that. But I'm not going to live there. Because I'm going to think about verses like Romans 5.8 that says, while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. And then I'm going to move on to Romans 6.23 that says, yes, the wages of sin is death, but, praise God, the little conjunction, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. And then I've got to preach to myself that if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord, And believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. Praise God. Amen. Thank you Jesus for saving me. I need to be reminded of the fact that I have been saved. 
that I'm being saved. And one day, praise God, I will be saved for all eternity. And you can rest assured that when I'm in his presence, I'll look back at this life and I'll say that was not a life that was wasted. That was a life that was lived for his glory. You see, unlike that old cat that they say has nine lives, you probably got one of those. You only have one life to live. And you're going to either live it for the world, the flesh, and the devil, or you're going to live it for Jesus. My challenge for you this morning, to live a life that's not wasted, but to live a life that honors and glorifies King Jesus. You've been listening to Changed by His Word, the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Brad Lee. We hope that you have been encouraged and challenged by this message. If you have any questions about the message or about your relationship with Jesus Christ, please contact Pastor Brad at changedbyhisword at gmail.com. Thank you and God bless.